0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty of Horror Dazz.
1: Oh God! Ah! <laughs> All right, welcome everybody. We've got a really fun and exciting episode today. We're doing an episode. I'm revved up. Yeah, dude. I feel I'm on like jet fuel. Typically, we re- we record these introductions after we do the interviews, so yeah. it's like fresh, uh, fresh taste. So uh, we are interviewing today. Vincent Desanti, he is the uh, the guy that uh, directed the Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow, Friday Thirteenth fan films. So we talk to Vincent, do a great interview with him, and we cover his top three Friday Thirteenth films. And I think they might be Jamie's top three. Right? I think they are to my
0: top three. And if you are listening to this, going like Never Hike Alone, what the hell is that? Change it. Go to YouTube. Google. Uh, YouTube search, I guess, right? Well, yeah, uh, he said
1: uh, it's YouTube.com slash, I think, Womp Stomp Films. Um, yeah, go
0: to Womp Stomp Films. They have the Never Hike Alone movies. They also have um, Halloween. They just did a Halloween fan film that he played the shape in. Yeah, uh, um, Vincent did, yeah. Yeah, it was called um, Halloween something. Uh, I don't know. You'll you'll see it on there. Uh, Womp Stomp Films. Check out all the... They have a whole catalog of amazing shit, but most especially are these fan films that they did. Um,
1: yeah, and the, the crux of this conversation is really centered around Friday the 13th, mostly like that's his... This is
0: our Friday the 13th episode.
1: Yeah. yeah. And in prepping for it, you know, I like floated the idea to him like, hey, we can cover top three Friday the 13th films. And then once we got into the conversation about it, it was like, oh my God, this, this was meant to be. I guess yeah. this for sure, for sure is my favorite franchise, so... Uh, it was just great, like nerding out with him and 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 getting deep in it. So we're gonna we're gonna get in that episode in a moment. But before we do that, we're gonna cover our general stuff. So
0: also before we do that, yes, what is your so your favorite franchise is Friday the Thirteenth? Yes. What what's your second? Halloween. Third?
1: Nightmare on Elm So your top three are those. Well, the I standard. if we're talking about the core three, the yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yep. Well, I mean, you could like throw something in there like fucking the Omen
1: or something. Well, I'm not going to. No, no, no. I'm
0: just saying you could, <laughs> you could like catch me off guard. I could be like, oh, well, you're staying. The Exorcist, three.
1: yeah, yeah. But no, I like two. Sucks, I'd say those core so. three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Exorcist one and two. All right, so I great. think
0: Halloween is mine. But also, I'm a very fucking like as the wind blows type of guy when it comes to this shit. And we're when you talk to people fucking, like Vincent, you're like it's fucking October, but it's October 29th. ninth. Yeah. I'm going to say my favorite franchise, but I, I honestly, I think my favorite
1: franchise is Halloween. I'm going to ask you on like June 4th.
0: It'll be Friday the 13th. Yeah. That, no, honestly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, like buddy. boy uh, camp one through four. It's me. Jamie. while well, I got you in this canoe with me. Just let me know <laughs> what's your, what, what is your favorite, <laughs> your favorite franchise? For sure. All right. So the general stuff, family antic, what's been going on with you, man? All like, right. So it's just going?
0: been, um, Halloween type shit. Yeah. Um, it's just been watching Halloween stuff, and recently it's just been putting the masks on. My kids keep coming down with my ghost face mask. Oh, Dad, God. put it on. Yeah. Chase us around.
1: And it's always like... Hey, my sister's looking at you like, you fuck. You're creating weirdos.
0: Well, no, she, like, wants me to do it because she wants them off <laughs> her back. And I'm like, I'm too, like, tired to do this. But also... I just do it because...
1: And then you do the sound like, ah! Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: It's, it's always really fun. They're Dad scared. Stuff. They love it. But they're to the point now where like masks don't scare them. Because yesterday I came down. They were watching. I don't fucking know. Whatever. They were watching. Uh, I think my wife put on... Um, so Charlie Brown's not doing the TV thing anymore. Yeah. Why? They're not doing that. Yeah, it's strange. It's only like Apple TV exclusive now, which makes no fucking sense. But you sense. have it on Blu-ray for the kids, I, right? Well, we do, but we watch it on the Apple Yeah. I mean, it's easiest, but... So they were watching that. I come down, I put my screen mask on, and I, like, peered around the corner. And they're like, hey, Dad. And I just, like, stood there waiting for a second. My oldest son saw me first and went like, ah! My wife turns around, and she goes, ah! Then my, like, baby, my two-year-old, who's going to be three uh, next month, turns around and goes, hey, Daddy. (laughs) Like, he's the the one I'm telling you that's, like... He's, he's either going he's, he's to be a this. psychopathic killer, or he's going to be like, uh, it's going to be like <laughs> no. horror dads 20 yeah, he, years from now. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, he, yeah. in, in 20 years, he's going to be like, I've got all these great memories yeah, of he's my like, dad poor and my teens. Poor <laughs> yeah. uh, Cool. That's great, man. Yeah. Well, I, I've i got an antic that's relevant to all of us, but your wife, who is my sister, my wife, and a very, very close friend of ours, Jason Tiberio. Okay uh they went through the steps of um of fabricating a demo for us a t-shirt of uh of horror dead so they oh, made yeah, two right. templates for us which yeah. was amazing and so, amazing. so kind of them and you know all of them obviously know our obsession with collecting horror merch and our dedication to the podcast so they they took our cover art and they they made it on the back of shirts so we're in the process of looking at you know how we might want to um do that to scale for everybody who's listening. So keep an eye out for that. That's that's part of the uh, 2021 plan. So yeah, it's weird because
0: it's like we want to do merch, but it's also like, do people want to buy merch?
1: Yeah. So we're so if you're we're, interested we're like in
0: that, let us know please, so that we know if we have a market for merch. But but thank we're you. not doing this to make money. We're doing this to like yeah it, yes uh, yeah. we're doing this to
1: engage the community and for do sure. what we've been doing. So more if to come. you have
0: design ideas or designs you think would be cool, like let us know.
1: But thanks to our wives and thanks to Jason, uh who's basically yeah, also a wife of ours. So um and and Jason Tiberio also did the original Horror Dad's cover art for us. He did. Um and set us up with great uh templated material for us to make great content for you. And guys. if you
0: listened to was it last episode? No, not last episode. The episode, yeah, episode before sixteen, yes. I think.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, Eighteen. 17. Whatever, whenever Justin was on there, Justin, our love letter. phone. what talking about? What are you talking about?
0: I'm talking about the, <laughs> like two episodes ago.
1: Oh, about the engagement? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I said that I wanted Jason to propose to me. He texted me. He asked me my ring size. So I have a ring coming from him.
1: Oh yeah. So moving on, what have you been buying? Anything, man?
0: Um, I actually have not been buying anything since the last time we chatted. Uh, I could lie and make something up, but I haven't. So my Matt Pepler purchase, my David Slobodnik purchase.
1: Yeah, that's all come in the mail by this point. Oh, but you
0: know what we have? We have our spook bags.
1: Yes, and we're going to open those probably... By the time we listen to this, we'll have opened them. We will have already opened them.
0: But so John and I, not only do we have to open them together... But my wife now has inserted John's sister, herself. In has inserted herself into this ritual, and she will not let us open this without her. So we're going to do it. We've had this for a week and a half, right? Yeah. Halloween is fucking two days from now. Yeah, we
1: have yet. Are you to open this? Depressed, by the way, like like it's already over. Uh, no,
0: I. So our buddies in Alone in the Dark, Mike, has said before that he gets depressed.
1: I'm I'm with him though. Like, I, am, I, I, I I you feel- and I have
0: both. Well, part of the reason we love that podcast is because we agree with their yeah. sentiments. And I 100% agree with that. And I, right now, we have this advent calendar. Okay. Yeah, I know. So you, saying. like, do the, you know. And we're, like, as it gets closer, like, my my son keeps going, like, Dad, it's like nine more days and, like, eight more days. And I'm like, shut up. Stop
2: talking. Shut about up, it. you
0: little shit. <laughs> because, like, I don't, I, I do not want it to come. I feel like a creep. It's like oh, I no. love I love Halloween, but also I fucking it's the worst day because it's like it's yeah. over. It's kind of like with Christmas. Like you Christmas love Christmas is way better than Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like okay, I can't wait for Christmas. I get my presents on Christmas, but then like it's done. Halloween you don't really get pre- <laughs> presents, yeah. right? No. We don't trick or treat so like our presents are the lead up to Halloween. And it's not, yeah, it's not about, like, I, I don't know. It's just... It's the season. It's not the day for us now. Like, And it's also... Halloween I, is a season for
1: us. To be fair, it's the time... For me, it's the time of year where, like, I go through the office and I talk to people at work and people are like asking for my opinion on things and it's like, Hey, I've got 10 days left. Like what movie should I be watching? Or like, Hey, give me guidance on this. And like everyone's communally involved in the things that I'm interested in all year long. So you, you have that like little encapsulated audience of, of people being interested in the, in the things that you're interested in in that moment. And you're like, God, this is great. I don't want this to end. Like I wish I could go to the next office next to me and, talk to people constantly about hey did you watch night of the creeps yet and then they look at you like you're a creep but November right now 1, it's like yeah get away from me you fucking nerd yeah, uh yeah. hey uh are you talking about a hallmark channel movie because that's where <laughs> that's all we're talking about yeah. you fuck yeah so i think uh right Where's now the
0: christmas dad's podcast
1: <laughs> exactly so that's why it bums me out but no
0: I, dude i totally get it but uh i think for me it's like this is the time when, uh, watching the horror movies for me at home is like totally, you know, like the wife is like, Oh yeah, no, you need to watch. Yeah. This
1: is your time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like when it's her and I together late at night after the kids finally go to bed and it's like, I will ask her what she wants to watch. And she says, well, this is your time of year. You, so you what only do got you a want couple more. Di- yeah, exactly. And, like, I miss those. times. your leash is getting a lot shorter. I have, like, three days where I can pick a movie. Like, the other day, I made her watch Halloween 2018 with me again.
1: Well, here's what I'll say.
0: Happy Halloween to you and to me and to all of us. I love you all. I love you. I love Halloween. Go to Big Lots. I know I said that. Yeah. Anyways... This is the this is the best time of the year. It just that's all there is to it.
1: But by the time this comes out, we will all be communally depressed. together. We'll all be
0: sad. You can listen to this and have some kind of like uh But but here here here's refuge.
1: your here's your uh your inspiration is by the time this comes out, uh Friday the thirteenth in November is is a thing. So this will be just prior to that, so you can rally through the Friday thirteenth films, which is a great segue for me the into my next uh Do it. What I've been buying things. So, I, Friday 13th is my favorite franchise. I did not buy this new box set that came out because I just bought uh that eight film set uh, yeah. earlier in the year. Talking to Vincent, literally, while we're interviewing him, I bought the box set because he was talking about all the great features. So, that is coming to me. It'll be here November 3rd on Election Day. All right. So, that next. Goods. Uh, also been? got this Spook Bag. Also got the David Slobodnik. Um,
0: Wait, did you get that? The crew neck? Yes. Is it the Slobodnik? Yep. Because I know that it's we upstairs. had talked about that we both got it, but then you told me that you didn't no, actually I, get it. No, I, I so had I it
1: like in the cart, and I didn't press purchase, so... Wait, how fucking comfortable is that thing? It's great. I've did got you go a size up? No, no.
0: You made the right call, because I went a size up, and I was like, hey, Katie, shrink this,
1: because... Because she has an, uh, a ray gun that shrinks Well, clothes. do you remember
0: Do you remember when, uh, <laughs> when she washes the clothes it's a very chauvinist <laughs> chauvinist yeah, house way to go Jamie. fuck <laughs> um do you remember we were all talking as friends uh like our one friend group zoom meeting and i was like guys with crew should i go a size up or act everyone size? said size up. Everyone was like size up like i remember our buddy joey like doing the thumbs up like yeah. size it up bro yep i sized it up i'll be i will say that it's comfortable as fuck so
1: no it's great and, the and design it's like great, a fleece so. it's like yeah, it's so comfy. I wore
0: it for like three days my wife was like, hey.
1: I'm going to have to cut t- that t- off t- you. There t- are flies. T- t- take it off. <laughs> Alright, so got the box set. got that. But uh, another thing, really need to just take a pause, a hard time out, and call to, call, uh, to center stage here that uh, our buddy, Matt Tobin, um, we had on episode 13. We covered Canadian horror films with him. He's one of our Favorite designers, one of our favorite musicians of all time. He sent us a very, very kind, wonderful care package. Came in the mail. Um, so he sent us some merchandise for his band Ritual.
0: I can't hear what you're saying while I'm up here on my cloud, just I, fucking dude, floating. I know. Just
1: <laughs> thank you a million times to him. He sent he us. He sent us an amazing care package with a handwritten note and just just. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. You know your Ritual your merchandise and your reciprocation um toward us is just unbelievably well received and we just we appreciate you man so if you haven't go back to episode 13 check out our interview with matt go buy his merchandise uh he does a lot of stuff with mondo um final artwork and stuff like that and he is staple.
0: his work is amazing his music's amazing yeah hit it up we love you matt
1: okay Watching. What have you been watching, man? We're final okay, days. so Two days I've already left. kind
0: of alluded to this. Yeah. So I've been I've been kind of doing a um, little off kilter shit shit that I don't typically watch on Halloween time because like we all kind of watch the same shit, right? It's like yeah. Uh, so I've been watching. I've already again alluded to this, but I've watched the Omen franchise. Oh, nice. So I've always kind of watched the Omen, right? But like never like I've fallen asleep to it or whatever. I watched it all one, two, three in succession never really have done that before um, I, I I really enjoy that franchise
1: the third one is when you right? say 1, 2 uh, th- like the original
0: yeah the yeah. N- not the remix the original 1, 2 and then the third one is the one with the one um, with
1: Cotton Weary right the original
0: <laughs> Cotton Weary
1: no he's he's in the remake
0: <laughs> oh I didn't even I haven't even seen that one I don't even know yeah, the third one has our buddy Sam. Uh, what's his face from Jurassic Park? The main dude from Jurassic Park, Sam Darnold,
3: <laughs> Sam the uh, quarterback the for quarterback. the.
0: Uh... <laughs> uh, anyways, the dude from Jurassic Park is in the third installment of The Omen. He's like the grown-up fucking Damien. Yeah. Uh, but great franchise in my opinion. The third one was the weakest. Um, I really enjoy the first and the second. So I tortured my fucking self with this, n- these next films. I'm going to talk about. Again, I'm going off like I hate torture porn. I hate like fucking y shit.
1: Anything mean, mean spirited. I think yeah. is what Darren Callahan said. We yeah, totally, and I hate mean spirited totally shit. Yeah.
0: So in lieu of that, in in like uh, to, in total disregard of what I like, i watched the remake of "I Spit on Your Grave." Never have seen the original. So I watched the, the remake. So what happened here? <laughs> so, oh God, it's so hard to watch. But also, as you're watching it, you're doing that thing where you're like, can't wait to watch you die. Yeah. You know? I can't wait to be complicit in your death, yeah, as, yeah, as we previously, discussed previously. Yeah. So then that happens. And it's like, you're on this almost high. Like, got you, fucker. So at, as it ended... I noticed the second one was available to stream as well. So I jumped right into the fucking second one. Unrated, of course. Equally as fucked up at the beginning. Equally as satisfying at the end. end. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to join you on this. Um, I
0: don't expect anyone to. But I will say, I found more in... It was... I was so bipolar over the whole thing because... I was watching this by myself going like, both times, both movies going, do people like this actually fucking exist? Because this is some of the sickest shit I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah. If you exist out there and you're listening to this, fuck you and don't listen anymore because fuck off. But if you're listening to this and you want to watch something like this, where we get vengeful fucking reaction, I love you.
1: Okay, great. Goodbye. So I'm glad you watched those movies. Uh no one else is gonna watch them, but uh let's talk about what I've been watching real quick.
0: Hopefully it's something <laughs> more lighthearted.
1: So I did hit Mandy for the first time. I had not seen it yet. I also wait, wait, did you stay awake through the whole thing? So Brittany and I were, were watching it and she made me turn it off. So then I had to finish it the following day alone. <laughs> Because she was like, This is a fucking acid trip is what she said. <laughs> so Dude, that movie takes so many like it's spacey and weird yeah. and uh it's very thematic and colorful. It's it's actually like beautifully shot. But Oh, it's
0: a it's an amazing film in its own right. It's just yeah. very Yeah. It's not the most watchable
1: movie. Yeah, it's not very approachable, but yeah. I'm glad I watched it. So I I watched that and also on Shutter, I think it was called Thirty Miles from Nowhere. I texted you about it. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. So that one was honestly like if I was in college and that came up on the chiller channel and I watched it, I probably would have bought it on DVD in 2000 and like nine. So it, it was good, good enough, good enough for a watch. Uh, also on shutter. I, I think I might've mentioned this last time, but I watched through the shed, which I thought was, uh, well done film. That was another moody atmospheric thing. I fell asleep to that one. Was yeah. it Is good? Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's worth a watch. Um, it, you can tell they like got away with a cheap one almost because the, the main actor in it, like he, he acts the shit out of it. And, uh, it's one of those things where it was like this, the acting that they got, you know, they didn't pay for. And it was just like people committed to the process. So yeah. like, I thought it was good. Um, so it's worth a watch. And then I for in preparation for this episode, you know, I've really been kind of rallying through a lot of the Friday thirteenth films, so sure. uh started to go on a little tear with those, but And then obviously trick or treat and getting prep for the next two days.
0: I haven't I haven't watched it yet.
1: Oh Dude, I, I'm just yeah. I'm
0: saving it. I haven't I haven't watched the original Halloween yet either.
1: Oh Yeah, I know. Man. I'm
0: doing that thing, I'm gonna do that thing. Yeah, you're gonna Halloween's time. gonna come in and be like, oh god damn
1: November third, yeah, election it. night. I watched I Halloween. Just know it. I know I'm gonna do it. Fuck. All right, let's jump into our oh, episode wait, before we real do Real quick, that,
0: what wait, are we wait, wearing? Wait, wait. Before we do this, real quick, I just wanted to point out. So I watched Halloween 2018 the other day with my wife. Um, I've already watched Stranger Things season two like twice, a season, but I put it on again today just to watch the first, because like the first two episodes are the Halloween trick or treating episodes, and then the rest kind of. Uh, but I noticed that... Do you remember when they go to that party? Steve and Nancy go to that party? Yeah. Um, and Nancy gets hammered. And she like a Steve spills that drink on over. her. And then yeah. she's like, you're bullshit. This is bullshit. Whatever. When she goes to the punch bowl to drink that drink. And she's like, what is this? And the guy's like, pure fuel. And he's like pounding on his chest. And he's like, pure fuel. That's the kid. Like the comedic kid from... Halloween 2018. Oh. The one that's like kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Trying to mac on her there before he gets killed. Oh, I didn't
1: even realize that.
0: Yeah. He's also the one where like um, Steve and Nancy are then that next day during the basketball game. She like brings him outside and like, hey, what happened to me last night? And he's like, well, don't you remember? It's all bullshit. Like you yeah, told me. Yeah, yeah, And then the kid comes out again and he's like, we're getting killed in there. We need you in there, Steve.
1: Yeah. That's him. Oh, I didn't. I didn't have that parallel thanks for connecting those dots
0: oh thank you what are you wearing so because we're doing the friday the big friday the 13th episode i had to wear my raglan my fucking uh i'm sure we've mentioned this a million times on this episode but it's my jason machete vhs tape fucking cavity colors raglan
1: yeah dude that's a great one
0: and i also on top of that i have my uh very cushy cozy uh Trick-or-treat hoodie from Cavity Colors as well. I'm double cavitied up. Yeah, I have a... Uh, get me the
1: dentist. The, um, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Good night. <laughs> I've now retired you as co-host, so I'm going to go get my kids upstairs, someone else to contribute. So I have uh, the uh, wonderful, wonderful Ghoulish Gary Friday 13th Part 3 uh, 3d Jason T on love this print. Um, I think what was it? It was distributed through Mondo, I believe. Right. I think Mm, so. Sure. Yeah. We both have this t-shirt. It's great. Uh, love ghoulish Gary. It's a wonderful artist. I also have on, I'm wearing
0: that exact same pair of underwear
1: right now. (laughs) I also have on my, uh, unknown soldier camp crystal Lake, uh, Pullover hoodie. When you say a nun soldier, you mean Amazon purchase? Yes, yeah, my Jeff yeah. Bezos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's what I always say. My Jeff Bezos uh, designed Camp Crystal Lake hoodie in preparation for this episode. I will but, say that
0: I love that, that. The clean lines. and
1: Yeah, this is a good yeah. one. So we're going to jump into our interview here uh, with Vincent, though. He is a true treasure. He really gives a shit about the filmmaking process and about the Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah, this guy's the real deal. Such a just unbelievable uh treat to talk to him so he's going to talk about a lot but uh we'll, we'll keep you posted on upcoming projects he might have um and and we'll make sure we provide uh access to where to find his existing stuff so enjoy this one guys Welcome to episode 20 of Horror Dads. Uh, You're joined by your hosts, John and Jamie, and we are very pleased to be joined by our new friend today, Vincent DeSanti, filmmaker uh, of the Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow films. Vincent, welcome, man.
0: Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on, man. Thanks for taking the time.
2: Um, Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, a nice break to not be sitting behind an avid and staring at screens, making sure, you know the movie's working, uh, it's just nice to kind of be on this kind of stretch, you know, be watching, uh, the film and talking to people about it and seeing how people are reacting. And then, you know, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So we're currently, this episode will released post Halloween, but we are, we're T minus what, two days here from Halloween. Yeah. So, um, hopefully this, this episode will greet everyone in their post Halloween depression with some excitement, uh, <laughs> yeah vincent's got some great stuff out there we're going to talk about here
2: yeah i mean halloween's over but friday the 13th is in about a week
1: yeah and it is that's yeah. so true yeah, oh
2: yeah God, so i didn't it,
1: even it's, think of yeah, that yeah. yeah yeah
2: so i think you know we got an extended horror holiday this year you got going into to november we got friday the 13th um another friday the 13th will pass and who knows maybe by then we'll have a uh a a lawsuit that is all said and done and and no longer have to worry about, or at (laughs) least, I don't know something, you know, I think we're all looking forward to this Friday the 13th. It's, it's a, it's a, I, that's the the holiday I celebrate every year. I like Halloween, but I get amped for Friday the 13th. So I think I'm going to try and find something to do for Friday the 13th and celebrate it. Um, I mean, I just got my box set, so I think it's time for a marathon run. So maybe I I can kind of do that here. Um, when yeah, we are going to cover our- your
1: your top three of the franchise, and I think between Jamie and I, I know you hit two of my top three, and I think probably three of Jamie's top three. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, nice.
1: So, we'll we'll unveil those toward the end. Um, cool. But this is great, and I completely forgot about Friday Thirteenth uh, being here in November. Yeah, and... this will
0: be the perfect segue into yeah the little bridge.
2: Yep. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I never. It's like I, I scout them out. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think the next one's next August too. So,
0: yeah, the last one know. was the one that pretty much uh set off all this. Shit. I think it was Friday the 13th. We did an episode, we did our Friday the 13th episode, and then the next day was like, okay, all hell broke loose. And yeah, it we're was in the March, pandemic.
2: yeah, yeah, it was March, yep, yep. And uh, yeah, March, yeah, that was we actually that's the funny thing. We had just wrapped Never Hike in the Snow, like we had wrapped it in time for Friday the 13th. I was about to start. Helping the production of Jason Rising, another fan film that I uh, am co-producing and I co-wrote. Um, we were working on that in Portland. And that's when it, the the hammer came down like all the lockdown. And so it's been ever since then, it's been pretty much not doing much. But we still had to get the movie out and, and stuff like that. But yeah, that's when it kind of all kind of went to shit.
0: Yeah, so you got the tough part out. But then that uh, COVID presented a whole new set of challenges for probably releasing and yeah, all that shit that comes into it.
2: Yeah, so, I mean it's do, I mean,
1: go go ahead. I was just going to ask so for those that don't know, you know, uh Vincent has made two fan films thus far for the, uh, Friday, the 13th, Friday the 13th franchise, first being um Never Hike Alone and most recently Never Hike in the Snow, which just dropped um and those can be found on YouTube but also on Blu-ray uh or pre-orders for Blu-ray at this point. So mm-hmm. so Vincent, I guess like talk about you know, the the attraction toward the franchise and toward the idea of making
2: fan films and your role and the productions and everything? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a a loaded question. Um, All I can really kind of start with is that I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing right now when I started. Um, This all started because I love Friday the 13th. And I always liked, like I said, like I would look forward to Friday the 13th. And as I started to get a little bit more uh, rambunctious while I was out here in Los Angeles, and wanted to make film projects. Every Friday the Thirteenth, I would come up with some weird Friday the Thirteenth movie to make. Um, you know, actually, we recently started just posting a lot of them to uh, our Friday the, our our Womp Stomp Films YouTube page. Um, they're little stop motion things, or little like snippets from a Friday the Thirteenth movie with some stuff on it. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of a way that I'd always drop something on my timeline because my friends have always known me as the Friday the 13th guy. Um, I'm always watching the movies. I'm always making people watch the movies. Anytime it was movie night, I would be like, oh, we're going to watch 4 through 6. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. like, oh, God, not again. I'm like, no, it's gonna watch this if you pay attention to that. And, like, I was just, like, nerd out. And I wore 13 on my, on my sports jersey and in, in all of sports that I could when I was allowed to. Um, yeah, it was just, I just lived and breathed it. And so at some point, I came up with the idea of Never Hike Alone, which was supposed to be a five to six minute long film. It was just supposed to be a short. I wanted to kind of expand my boundaries as a director. I was starting to come up with ideas to try to like make little short films and maybe make stuff for YouTube. And if we made something solid enough, that maybe it would garner the attention of maybe Friday the 13th franchise.com. We could put it on some forums. Some, maybe some of the fanboys there would kind of like want to discuss it and talk about it and talk about the theory and kind of nerd out. It was really just for like other Friday the 13th fans. Uh, and it wasn't until um, we made that first trailer and we were coming up with an idea of what would sell as a trailer kind of thing. Like we had an idea for what we we're going to do for the story, but the trailer kind of made it we realized that there was a bigger story there. And it was literally in the, in the process of making the trailer, it went from one film to the next, and in in just literally in a day. I went, screw that story, Like it's a guy fighting Jason. And we came up with this whole other bit where we shot the back half, it was literally just me and Andrew, me in the Jason costume, Andrew in his costume, passing the camera back and forth, <laughs> <That's> and <incredible. laughs> figuring out the, this little sequence, and it became Never Hike Alone's first trailer. Um, and that was the trailer that people watched and thought was a <laughs> thought that was the like the found footage Friday the Thirteenth official thing. Somebody ripped it off, put it and mixed it with the Friday the Thirteenth part, uh, the remake trailer, and then everyone thought it was the new Friday the Thirteenth. That got a billion views, and we got forty seven thousand views. So we yeah. kind of like saw that we're Damn. like okay we didn't get credit but that shot off pretty quick that was kind of cool and we might have something here and in the process of that
1: or at least like an attract like a, an appetite for the for your concept for your idea yeah
2: I mean that I mean yeah no when, once we saw that 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 idea was taking off we we knew that we were onto something but what made it even more special was the people who let us shoot at, on their property told us that there was an abandoned camp down the street. We were better off shooting out there because they, we wouldn't have to deal with anybody because it was out in the middle of nowhere. And we literally found in an abandoned camp out in the middle of nowhere that the locals said, go and shoot there and it's yours.
1: Where, where was that? film? I meant to, I meant to this ask This is
2: that. in it's – in, it's located in a place called Angeles Oaks, California, um, kind of on this back road that you'd never know was there if you didn't know where you were turning. Um, it looks just like every other road that you've seen. Um, and it's a treacherous little drive, or it was. I mean, now you can't even drive it because the road washed away. But it, And it's amazing that the road washed away Like after we finished the film and stuff like that. We don't need to get any more big kind of cars up there yet. Um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we found this complete camp that was all intact, that had all these rooms that we could set dress, and it became what if you stumbled onto the actual camp crystal lake like what if you walked like through its doors and you could look under every nook and cranny how cool would that be like as a nerdy fan if you could get like a golden ticket from last action hero and step <laughs> through the, the the screen and go like while they're out doing stuff you're like okay i know where jason is i'm going to go over to this cabin and kind of look around and poke around and see what's in here you know what i mean i mean i would do i would
1: that- other than my kids i'd give up anything
2: for that <laughs> and so that's what that's what it it became it was literally like we any room could be any room we wanted it to be because we could always just change perspective and make us feel like we're in a completely new building or make it feel like two buildings were the same building like it didn't matter we just had rooms and sets and we could connect them like tetris pieces however we wanted by visual by visual by you know by visual language and so if that became like the big thing. And one of the things that we're actually going to start posting on our YouTube very sh- soon is some of the uh, test assemblies that we did along the way to say like, how did these scenes work? They were like, basically our test pieces while we were trying to raise money and trying to shoot for things for free. Um, like some of the failures that we had and you see like where you got really close, but the consistency is not there or like the final piece just isn't there or there's a missing kind of element to it. And so, um, you know, it's going to be cool to show people this stuff to see how far we really came because that's what it was. It became this process of developing in this idea, testing out theories. We weren't really spending that much money at the time. And then when we came to raise the funding, it was all about going for the big ideas that we had come up with.
1: How do you Um, raise funding for these kind of projects? Do you, do you crowdfund it through any of like the major sources or?
2: Yep, we went through Kickstarter for the first one. Um, It failed, but we went through private equity uh, where just a bunch of people came together. We all put our money together. Um, You know, I put money in, my family put money in, other people came and put money in. Um, People from the Kickstarter who said, I don't need the Kickstarter, like I just want to be a part of this. And to answer a question that I know is going to come later, uh, that's where we met uh, an executive producer by the name of Barry J. And he became very pivotal in us being able to complete this. I mean, he kind of carried us through production in many different ways when we needed like a cash injection like barry would be like okay when we needed the ambulance scene like we didn't we didn't have any more money so it was more personal money on us more personal money on him and we had to come in to finish it and do that stuff
1: well it would be great if we could just if we could petition you to direct uh the next uh installment of the franchise <laughs> yeah. that would that would be ideal because we were just talking, honest to Christ, not blowing smoke Um, because you've been kind enough to spend time talking to us about this, but like, this, this is a, an annual staple for us. Both of, you know, Never Hiking the Stone just came out, but uh, that's going to be in the rotation. Oh, that'll be a,
0: like after I watch the thing, I'll put that on.
1: Dude, and, yeah. and they're honestly really good. If you have not <laughs> seen these films, they're on YouTube. You could watch them for, for free tonight, and they're fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, I actually, I'm blown away by the. The product that you put on film because I've watched, I've watched a few. I don't watch many film films because the ones that I've watched, I've been so like, they're kind of what you expect, you know. It's like a film made by fans that's subpar. Uh, Like I watched a couple Scream. I'm a huge Scream fan. I watched a couple Scream uh, fan films and they were, they were fine. They were they were well. They were good for what it was, but it wasn't like this isn't something I could like watch in a theater and be satisfied spending fifteen bucks on. I could watch Never Hike Alone in a theater, pay 15, 20 bucks and be totally fucking pleased. Yeah. You know, Completely. the the cinematography is like, it's, it, it blows me away how good it is.
2: Well, thank you. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's the work of a lot of, you know, it's a lot of hard work of a lot of people. Um, and we all just kind of rally around the, but I, you know, it's weird because it's odd that this is a fan film because obviously I'm so passionate about it. And I think that's the one thing I don't, think people really understand is that i love friday the 13th as much like it's been my dream not to just make a friday the 13th fan film. like i've always wanted to make friday the 13th i've always wanted to be a part of that you know i've worked on some films i've been a, i've been very lucky to be at the core unit of a film's uh, nucleus as a film is developed um and what it's like to have those conversations to to fight for ideas to kind of you know String a story out and build character. And so, you know, I fought really hard for our, uh, for, you know, other projects and things like that. But for Friday the 13th, I've always wanted an opportunity to be in the same type of room and never really, you know, I knew I was never really going to have the chance. And this is my opportunity to really like say what I want to say about Friday the 13th and some of the ideas that I thought would make great films, you know, just being such a big fan of it over the years and trying to fill in some gaps. And then a lot of it has just been like the natural progression of the way the story has presented itself and the assets that have presented themselves to us and kind of taking the opportunities as they fall at our feet, picking up those opportunities and doing our best to deliver them to an audience that is starving for content, that is, um, has been waiting around since 2009 for another movie and, you know, been you know we're a fan base that's been let down after let down after let down they took our game away um not that they took it away but they they didn't we paid for stuff that we didn't get to get you know right, what i mean we yeah. all paid for jason x and we didn't get them you know and it's like there were other things in that game we could get them and it's like all these people is never hike alone you know, um, garnered momentum. Who's to say we couldn't have gone to Kickstarter and lobbied, you know, I couldn't have sent a message to the guys at the game and said, Hey, if I run a Kickstarter to get ghost Jason put into the game and I can raise enough money, how much do I need?
1: What did you think of the uh,
2: 2009 version?
1: Yeah. I take it. You weren't a fan.
2: No, I wasn't a big fan. I'm, I'm, I'm publicly critical of it. Um, mostly because I look at this opportunity that they had $20 million a chance to look back at 11 films and really go let's all right let's shoot this arrow straight like let's get our ducks in a row let's fill in the cracks and let's not like create a boondoggle of of like things about this story that's just going to make it harder for the story to go forward let's create something that we could launch off of and create a three series arc out of this and at the end of the day they made something that barely made it to the end of itself Um, and then it's leap into the next kind of chapter of it was so superfluous. It just, it didn't really, it was just so paint by numbers. It felt like somebody had watched Friday the 13th and said, I think this is what a Friday the 13th is supposed to be. This seems to be about right cliff notes and we're done. (laughs)
0: and i I, I do do feel that's what we like about it though john is that it's kind of it takes kind of what we love about it crams it into an hour and a half and then it's like here you go here's a gift wrapped gift wrapped package for you and that i think that's what john and i like in in, like you don't have to think very hard about it it doesn't move it forward like you said it's just kind of like it stands here it it is, it is kind of here's what you want you fuckers and it's like i do want this so let's start at the beginning what Were you a filmmaker that was inspired by Friday the 13th or were you a kid that were that was inspired by Friday the 13th to become a filmmaker?
2: (laughs) It's the second one. Uh, uh, I just Friday the 13th confused me so much that I had to know why. Why doesn't anything match? Why does the story go so crazy? Who is in charge of this? How does this? Why is there nobody on set going, "Hey, in the fourth one, that didn't happen." Like it's like this, <laughs> you know? Like who's not doing that? Who's you why know, is and there so, blue like, not...
1: on his mask in the fifth one? This doesn't. We don't. We don't understand.
2: <laughs> Who the hell is this lady in the movie? Where's Jason? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when yeah. you go back and you watch the first one, like fifth, like I probably watched Friday the Thirteenth, the first one, like fifth. <laughs> in, in, in the order, and in I was discovering, like most people, and wondering where the hell's Jason. Um, <laughs> but you know, so it was always like, how did these films get made from for a variety of reasons? And it got me interested in filmmaking. Um, and yeah, and then I just, i you know, and then I just fell in love with film anyway. Like, it wasn't just right. I mean, as much as I love Friday the 13th, I love all cinema, I watched sure. like everything and consumed everything. Um, and yeah and so it, it just kind of like i just started to learn about how films were made and i always loved like behind the scenes um you know vignettes and you know little things on the back of vhs's that if they would include them and i would watch them or you know watch a documentary on tv or the making of on like an hbo show like it was always interesting to me to see like all the cameras and all the stuff and it's like oh i wonder how they ripped that dude's head off like i want to be there like when they're doing that like i want to see it like how do they build that? Cause I want to build it and I want to do stuff like that in my backyard.
1: Do, and... do you, um, when, when you're making these fan films, do you, do you do that aspect of it? Like what size crew do you typically work with?
2: I mean, we've worked with as little crew as like three to four people. Oh, and I've incre- had as honestly, many as 35 it, people. It, on, it, on set.
1: It's incredible because the, the lighting, the quality, the, the effects, like the acting, like I, I, I honestly, that's a,
0: yeah, I mean it's a uh, professional film. Yeah,
2: that's that's yeah. Insane. Well, yeah. Well, when we get to like the really big stuff. I mean, that's when we have twenty five, thirty people on set. We have a whole sure. big crew, a special effects crew, uh, you know, DP, a gaffer, key grip, a whole like grip crew, lighting crew, camera crew, uh, special effects crew, sound. Uh, let me see who else is out there. The script soup um producers pas i got like a bundle of like volunteer pas that come out there's like 10 people it's like great they just like run around and like build stuff it's amazing um and you know and all the other logistical things that got to go into it i mean and that's why we crowdfund, we do it so we can get all these elements together and you know the fans are basically trusting me to you know invest their money that they've entrusted me with into the things that will make the movie better and will produce it. So paying all the permits and insurance and equipment and, you know, for all the people that we got to hire who are freelancers, we got to get their time and we got to book their time away from other movies and other big things um, and get them the materials that they need, like if it's special effects or things like that. And, you know, they're hiring people too. So there's like a big kind of part of it. And it's nice because it kind of stimulates the artist economy um kind of go out and take care of, of like people we go out and get things made you know people make things specifically for the movie to get used in the movie you know, a lot of the times, uh, people who have invested in the movie are getting those items back out of the movie because they've invested so much. So they basically paid for the production of an axe, they paid for the production of an arrow. So they're going to get one. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of cool that, like, the thing that though. they paid for and that we used in the movie, then they get to keep it. And it's like, it's kind of like this nice little trade off. Um,
1: let me know where to send my check for the next installment <laughs> because.
2: <laughs> yeah, And I let everybody flex their you know, their individual uh, department's muscle. And, you know, we go from there. And, like, in the first movie, it was Chris Ellis and J.D. Martz as as the directors of photography. This time out, uh, our our camera operator has stepped up. Uh, His name's Evan Butka, and, you know, he's a brilliant cinematographer. I met him while making The Last Never Hike Alone. We became very good friends. Um, Me and him ended up shooting a lot of the previs, and I realized that, like, Evan and I had a really good, relationship and that if I was going to move forward I probably want to keep working with him because he was so simpatico with like the way that I thought and he just he just did a lot of things that like um that I just really appreciate and it wasn't anything against anybody else it was just when you kind of meet somebody like that who so it works it works it works you're like
1: musicians and like sometimes you just play with people even and you meet them in that moment and it's like we've known each other for years like that's what it feels like yeah
2: it's been really great working with him um and then obviously like building on our cast and meeting people and through never hike alone meeting a lot of other people who have helped us get you know more things and you know fans have contributed like a lot of the signage that you see in the movies are done by fans um who have who work wherever they're from they work on it they package it up and they send it to us and we use it in the movie Dude, that's um, amazing. and you know it's kind of like so a cool, cool. thing we're like this is my contribution i don't want anything i just want to be a part of this story yeah i want to um, be able to
0: say i made that sign
2: you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's amazing. And it's, you know, so it's like it's it's allowing people to participate in these movies the way that we've always wanted to because I mean, I think it's not just my dream, it's a lot of people's dreams. For sure. So, that's such a cool question. In, in the meantime, you know, because I have the support, I now get to tell this story that has manifested um, kind of out of this five minute idea. It's now gone from <laughs> a five minute idea to a 54 minute movie. That 54-minute movie had, you know, a 90-minute sequel. That 90-minute sequel could not be uh, produced in any way, shape, and form in a normal way without studio backing. Um, I pitched it to two studios. Um, both were very interested and thought it was a very good idea. And But we were all looking at the lawsuit, and that was supposed to, like, not happen, and then it happened. So it kind of swept that out from underneath its feet. And I realized that I don't have to stop and I don't have to wait Like I could make other installments, I could do other things, I could wait for things and continue pitching, or I can just make it with crowdfunding. So I split up the entries into three entries. Uh, I mean, I split up the movie into three entries, so that way it was act one, act two, and act three. And since by the time we had kind of figured out a way to do this, and I had like, got done working and working off debt and working off the home video campaigns and all the things that ended up paying off for the first movie. So we talked about before, most of that movie, most of that money coming out of personal pockets, well, the way that we made up all that debt that we created was by doing the home video campaign, and that ended up breaking us even, and then that's when we were able to donate to the Penny Pines Reforestation Program, and then that director of photography that I mentioned before, J.D. Martz, uh, two weeks after the closure of... We basically wrapped principal photography, me, J.D., and Andrew, on this wild day where we picked up, like, seven scenes, like, inserts for, like, seven different scenes or, like, little beats. Um, J.D. was... uh, Swimming in Manhattan Beach, dove into the water and uh, broke his neck. Um, oh, he's been my paralyzed. God. Yeah. What? So he he's been paralyzed ever since. Oh, geez, um, man. And he's paralyzed from the shoulders down. He's back living in uh, Massachusetts where we're both from, actually. Um, and yeah, him and his his uh, his fiance Katrina, uh, they live together. Um, he's you know, he's recovering. He's getting used to his life um and i'm sorry you know no, doing no, re- no. doing. yeah no so you know we lost a really good friend um that was kind of like right in the middle of everything so kind of like while well, this is going on never hike alone comes out does really well um life goes on um i end up uh my wife and i end up separating uh, and divorcing and so i move on and i move and i'm got to get i'm picking up new work and a new line of work you know working for um uh, live action sets, and I got a job working on the Rookie, uh, which is a show on ABC. Yeah, um, with uh, Nathan Fillion. So I ended up working as a PA, a first team PA uh, for that show. So I got to work with Nathan and that entire that entire cast. I got to hang out with them for an entire season, which was was a lot of fun. Um, while we're doing that, that's when I'm doing the, the home video campaign, getting you know paying back all the debt that I have. Uh, working on this TV show, planning the next part, pitching the Never Hike stuff. The lawsuit kind of kicks me on the ass with all that stuff. And so by the time I kind of came out of all that, I was like, all right, we're going to make them in episodes. And since the winter's coming up and I have this winter idea, like I'm going to make a winter prequel. And then we'll do the winter prequel and then we'll finish that. And then in the spring, we'll go into the next episode and we'll just kind of like bang them out one at a time. So when did you actually
1: (laughs) film, you filmed this winter segment this past last winter?
2: Yeah, from February, um, from like end of February 21st through 23rd. And then we finished March 8th, I think, wow. in, in Flagstaff. So we went three weekends in a row. It was six days. Never Hike alone took 18 months to film. Flagstaff. took 18 months to get the 18 right. 18
0: months, damn.
2: 18, well, for when we started the concept... So we made the first trailer, and then we started pre-production over the summer to figure out what we were going to do. From conception to there, it was about 18 months. For Never Hike in the Snow, we went from the day we got funded, which was October 17th, 2019, we released the film less than a year later, to October 13th, 2020. And that's with a pandemic. That's with not being able to go in and do normal post-reviews like we normally would. Um, and it's also with another, you know, add more tragic story to this, our editor, Mike Appy, um, his father contracted COVID over the course of the pandemic, ended up passing away. Mike stepped away for a couple of months to take care of his family and take care of matters, um, and then came back. So we didn't cut for two months. So, um, and then I had to deal with, you know, earning my rent and going out and trying to, to do things. I ended up kind of scurrying off to Flagstaff to go see my brother for a little while, um, and then doing what I could, you know, for other parts of, you know, I still have stuff from the campaign and stuff like that. So I try to help some people out with some props and things like that. Man, but, you know, that and then honestly I, is insane. How many, yeah, how so, many
1: installments are, are, um, so clearly for those, no spoiler alert, alerts here, but for those that have not yet wa- watched, uh, never hike in the snow, there's going to be more. Um, so do you, do you have, uh, uh, a a number of installments that you're predicting
2: you think that you're going to release Yeah, no, it's it's 3. So the the Never Hike Alone 2 script that feature film is the next 3 episodes.
1: The first film, Never Hike Alone, um you know, 80% of the film is centered around one specific character. So and he's charismatic, he's engaging. You're following him. He's he has his like almost like you YouTube channel or, or whatever it is. So it's like self-reflective, but uh, you're, you're like into this character, you support them, you want them to do well, you want them to be well. Right. And you're all about it. And, and from a viewer's perspective, I remember watching it and thinking like that first 80% separated from the end of the film, which is uh, the majority, which takes place in, in um, the ambulance that, I I swear to God, when when I saw additional characters, I was like, man, this movie is so good because you could have gotten away with just having the the sole character who was a good actor, who was charismatic, who was engaging that you cared about. But it was like, all right, I'm going to introduce additional characters here, and Mm -hmm. actual dialogue is now occurring between multiple people. And then when when Tommy resurfaces as the ambulance driver. When um, t- uh, Tom Matthews comes in there, I, I swear to God, I I, I had my fist yeah. in the air. I was fist pumping. Yeah. I was like, "This is I'm fucking revved up here." <laughs> so for Good. those that don't know, Tom Matthews uh, was Tommy Jarvis from from Part Six. So he he does make an appearance in 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 both of these films. So can you talk about that a little bit? How how do you know this dude? Like, did did you just reach out to him and explain the concept, or did you know him prior?
2: Did you know how how this come to be? So uh, the person I mentioned before, Barry J, ended up making this happen. Uh, That's why I said he was so, like, beyond just supporting us, I mean, he made this happen. And so um, Barry had met Tom through another uh, contact of his for other reasons, and then towards the end of this kind of meeting that they were at, um, said, hey, you know, I'm producing this fan film. I'd love for you to check it out, and why don't you just take a look? And so he showed Tom... The trailer the first trailer and Tom expecting a complete train wreck sees the first trailer and goes this is pretty cool and like he had never seen somebody make a movie with a drone before you know what I mean so he thought we had a helicopter um he thought we had like real big money and uh but he didn't realize that we were doing it for like peanuts and so I met him two weeks later and um I showed him the second trailer and he was just really impressed and I told him about our process and I said exactly what you just said really which was hey, we, we have this really great movie, and it kind of stands on its own. And so I'm not asking you to come in and then rewrite this whole thing and make it all about you. Um, it's I want you in this movie but I want you to fit in naturally. And we have this scene, this like kind of wraparound scene at the end where it's supposed to act like a Friday the 13th movie where you know at the end of Friday the 13th, parts one, two, and three, you have a character you know, whether in a canoe or sitting against the window that is attacked by something in a dream sequence. And then all of a sudden you go and you wake up the next day (laughs) and and you end up in an ambulance and or the the police are there. Like everything's fine.
1: Oh, thank God we're okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So we wanted to pay homage to the old Friday, the 13th jump. You do uh, a dream sequence with ends in horror and um you go and you land in a safe place and you drive off with the character. And so I had been wrestling with the notion of we're gonna kill him all versus he's gotta survive. And originally it was just a it was an ambulance driver, it was the two EMTs, the the door opening was supposed to be a jump scare and um you know, come out of nowhere thinking that it's Jason and then, you know, they were going to drive off or Jason was going to get the driver, kill them, kill the next guy, kill the girl, kill Tom, kill Kyle. And that was the end of the movie. And then I said, how great would it be? You watch this movie. You've been watching it for 45 minutes or something like that. And you're like, damn, that was really good. I can't believe they got away with this with one character. And then other people show up, and it's starting to really feel like a Friday the 13th film now because, like, they're saying weird things, they're acting kind of odd, and it's almost like he's died and woke up <laughs> in a Friday the 13th movie in a way. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, got you want so bad through, yeah. for
1: everyone to believe, like, and, and this is within this film, and you, you do this successfully, but, like, it's within every, all the other ones. You're like, it, you've been through this journey with the sole survivor remaining. And in this case, there aren't, he doesn't even have like the collateral damage that the others do through their narrative in the other films because he's alone. And he's like, yeah. no, you, you don't get it. Like, he's back. And,
2: <laughs> yeah, you don't get it.
1: Yeah. And you're like pleading. You're like, no, you, everyone, you must understand. Like, you don't get what's no, at stake here.
2: <laughs> yeah. I saw him. He pulled an axe out of his neck. Like, yeah. you know, so it's it's that. it's kind of, you know, and there's some tropey things going on. And as you're kind of like wondering what the hell's going on, all of a sudden, and this is really, this was my favorite part about this. Because when I met Tom, this was January 2017. This movie didn't come out till October. No one knew about this. And this is what I told Tom. I said, when you open those doors, heads will explode. Fans will jump to their feet. Like, people will cheer. People will scream at their TV. They're going to yell, Tommy! Like, they're going to go nuts. Yeah. And I was like, Friday the 13th fans, we need this right now. Like, we need to feel good, like, because the franchise really isn't doing much. And I think that you will melt the hearts of, you know, a bunch of child men. Um, and well, you got two like,
1: child men that have children, yeah. both of whom melted. So you you did it. <laughs> yeah. You, you
2: so did it. And, yeah. And so we came up. And so it was it was a challenge because we had two different endings, which was we get death and everybody dies or everybody lives and we don't have any death and everyone gets mad at me. Um, and then we came up with the idea that, like, something would happen outside the van to Tommy. We wouldn't see what that is because we didn't have the money to pay for it. And we could just come up with this clever one where the camera just keeps swinging around the inside of the, of the van. And everybody can get dispatched to, like, kind of off screen. And then we can do our final moment and they can drive off and we'll allude that there's a bigger story. And that's really how we got here is that when they drove off, when Tom drove off with, with Kyle and solidified that, he was literally driving off him off into the Friday the Thirteenth storyline. I mean, he was bringing this character that was in its standalone movie that wasn't really connected to anything and had nothing that could connect to the franchise. Grabbed him, you know, and dragged him off and brought him into a story that's bigger than he knows. And that's what's really cool about Kyle's arc through this series is the fact that he's been pulled into something like he, like basically, his his mindset is. Um, I finished my movie. I survived my movie. I don't come back for the next movie. Like I'm good. Like I'm gonna go home. Like I'm done fighting this thing. Like I don't want to be. I don't want to help you. Like I don't need your help. Like I got out. Like now I'm out. Was that a vision
0: you had the whole time? Uh, You've you've discussed sort of like where you're gonna go with it. Did you have the entire vision uh, to begin with, or has it kind of you know led to where you're going now?
2: No, it was more like as soon as Tom signed on and I, I came up with the idea of them driving away. The idea of what happened next, I want to say the story instantaneously like played out in my head. And gotcha. I, I remember I couldn't write it fast enough. And I sat down and I storyboard, not storyboard, I carted the whole thing out um put each scene up broke it all down and i had the whole sequel ready to go um pretty quickly you know i had scenes written i had moments written i was coming up with like a sizzle reel to kind of put it together to try to get it made um and that's what i was really working with at first and then over time i just sat down and procured out each moment and really wrote it in as i was getting you know as you know as life was going on i was just filling in the cracks in between time sure
1: i showed this film to uh a couple people at work. I, I mean, I didn't sit and make them watch it, but they clearly watched it. Uh, and somebody at work today was saying to me, like, I I can't believe um, the they, were, they said I can't believe the production value for the effects, like, especially the way you open um, never hike in the snow. That the that's that initial sequence is so. Oh God,
0: I love that opening sequence. Yeah, it's I
1: mean, it's beautifully shot, and it's it's and the way it, it ends too. Yeah, it's incredibly the, grotesque oh. and, uh, so good. The practical you. effects are they're great, but um, someone was like, "Man, for a short little, uh, short little snippet, like it was so well done in terms of practical effects." Yeah, no. If you're listening
0: yeah. to this and you, you're thinking, "Oh, fan film," and you haven't seen it, like you're, you'll there. be, yeah, yeah, you'll be very pleasantly
1: surprised, unbelievably surprised. I mean,
0: this isn't this isn't some you know low brow. Me and John filming each other in the backyard. This is.
1: This is legit shit here. This is most certainly my favorite franchise as well um your description of yourself at, at having Friday the thirteenth parties I remember back before having kids, like having everyone come over on Friday thirteenth and I would run around with red food dye and I would dye everyone's uh beer <laughs> red to make it blood colored and uh i would I would do yeah let's watch let's watch four through six tonight. Yeah and uh i Light. empathize entirely um
0: i just wanted to ask you what uh jason voorhees did you base your jason voorhees off of because i see a lot of six in his mannerisms yeah. and i know that you play jason obviously which is a whole nother thing i'd like to get into uh but did you was it parts because like he clearly doesn't have the axe mark from part four so like what was your thinking on that
2: so here's here's let's go down the nerd highway um so basically this is a derivative of paramount jason and if where i cut the cord is part eight so after part eight where it becomes new line that that goes bye-bye that's that doesn't count there's no jason goes to hell there's no uh freddy versus jason there's no well i'll get to jason x in a second um and there's no remake so it's like and, and it mirrors my fandom. I feel like one through eight, I was still watching the same Jason, even though it was crazy as it got, I still felt like this was the natural progression of the story they were telling. So where does it go from here? And then the story took a very hard left turn and Jason goes to hell and, it's, and it hasn't been back since. And so yeah. this Jason is the Jason that got spit back out into the Atlantic Ocean uh, after uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th, part eight, and had to limp his ass way back to Camp Crystal Lake, you know, licking his wounds. And,
1: he just found um, out that uh, the the Atlantic Ocean is connected to a a very remote lake. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and so basically, you know, Jason returns to Crystal Lake in some way, shape, or form. Um, the mask from that movie was left behind and melted. Um, and we're going to remember the the, the the part four mask was either taken as um, evidence or Tommy had it and it was broken by part seven. But either way the mask that he was last wearing was broken in part seven. So that mask was gone anyway. And then this kid somehow had a great replica of it with the ax mark and everything. But that one got melted. So Jason, in my head was actually, it was time for him to be reborn. It was time for him to like all, like he shed his entire clothes from from the previous version. He shed his mask from the previous version and he has to take on a new form. Now in the modern films, after Jason uh, goes to hell, they did try to start this jacket trend. And one of the things I like to talk about on um, forums was the jacket, because I'm like, this is such a cool idea, but they're doing it wrong. Like the Freddy versus Jason jacket was too hobo looking it was too big. It was too distracting. And, it
1: was and, like and, very uh, hobo looking. That's a great. You no, know,
2: Yeah, and then and then in 2009, it was such a trench coat, like too cool. It was too cool looking. You know what I mean? It wasn't like practical. Like Jason is practical. He's the Sears work shirt, Dicky's pants, like work boots and his mitts. You know what I mean? Whatever he can get his hands on. Yep. And He'd so punch in for the day and. His job's yeah. a little and different so, than
1: everybody else's. Yeah.
2: So I kind of looked at like the, the the family of clothing that fit into the Sears work shirt. And there was, you know, Dickie's work shirts and other Sears and, and style, Carhartt, things like that. And there were shirts and there were button ups. And then I started to notice that M65 jackets have a very Sears work shirt look if you rip all the crap off of it. If you get all the straps and you get the hood out and you, get it and you just break it down to its bare essentials, it's basically a beefed up. And I was like, "That's the same family." So if you're going to upgrade, upgrade to this. And so we upgraded to that. We needed something underneath that was neutral that needed to look good. I thought that the attempt from Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Freddy versus Jason, where they tried to put the sweater underneath the shirt, again, it was just so puffy. Yeah,
1: he um, was, I was like, puffed if you, out in that one.
2: I liked, I liked the texture. So gaining a waffle knit Henley, cutting off the, the collar, putting another kind of olive army shirt underneath it making that the top, you know, like really staining it up, uh, you know, because he's been going in and out of the water. Um, a pair of nice, like, you know, brown pants, black boots. Uh, when we got the skin, we made the skin gray. So he was undead. And then it was come up with a mask. And so I wanted a mask that was based out of something that wasn't a reproduction, but something that would have been actually built in 1967. And the backstory I came up with was that since they tried to reopen up the camp in 1962 and 1967, there is a chance that at some point they brought winter equipment with the idea to open up a winter camp to make more money so they can keep building up the camp. Um, they brought this equipment, but there was a fire, so it just got stored in the back thing and got stuck back there. So as Jason was looking for a new mask, he came across one of these masks that they brought there for the kids, and that's what he wears.
1: Huh. Um That's
2: great. And that's where the ghost, and and so it's an original mask that he's found after the fact, and it's something that he's so so accustomed of of wearing the hockey mask that he took it from the equipment of the camp, and so the mask is of the camp. So when we see that scene in Never Hike in the Snow where he sweeps past that box, that mask originated from that box, but there's a story to that box, and there's a story to the costume that he's wearing because he didn't just go out and pluck that off the line of coals. Somebody was wearing (laughs) that before he was.
1: Well, Keep us on your mailing list, man, um, because we we will contribute for future endeavors. Yeah, and we love
2: your passion and your fandom,
0: and we appreciate that, and it comes through in your films, uh, no doubt. So this is
1: a good segue, though. I I definitely want to hit some of these films, but before we do that, do you want to plug your stuff? Where can people find you? Uh, What are you working on now?
2: Yeah, so uh, definitely follow us at youtube.com slash wompstompfilms. Uh, we're at Womp Stomp films on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. W-O-M-P-S-T-O-M-P-F-I-L-M-S. Um, we're working right now. We have the Final Call Indiegogo campaign. That's basically the last chance for you to pre-order a first edition Never Hike Alone Blu-ray. We have second and third editions of Never Hike Alone. Um, and you know, a few other cool things that are going to be open through the end of the month until we print the Blu-ray. Um, we have a few projects coming out, um, that are out right now, actually, uh, Pathosis, which is our first original short film, that's a complete Wausau Films production, that's, uh, playing for free on our, um, YouTube, uh, channel right now, um, also, we're working on another project called Ghost Chicken, which is an animated uh, short film about a vegan restaurant that's haunted by the ghost of a chicken. And that's going to be our first like animated production that we're going to put together <laughs> next year. And uh, then early next, <laughs> <laughs> and then early next March, we're going to launch the next chapter of Never Hike Alone. Uh, the next episode is called Never Hike Again. It will star Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis, Minnie Guastafar is coming back, Diana uh um hill is coming back played by anna campbell and we're bringing back andrew lady as kyle mcleod um i'll be coming back as ghost jason along with um brian forrest who's my stunt double who also plays deputy mabry and gets his head blown off and never hike in the snow that is my stunt double jason no shit so one jason killed another jason um and so i told (laughs) brian now he gets to kill me in some way shape or form in the movie so we gotta gotta get me back yeah (laughs) um and so that's we're hoping to crowdfund that next march so that way we can go through the winter we can see what covid what the regulations are going to be next year what the costs are going to be next year hopefully shoot over the summer um and our goal is to is to up our fan base and go from you know 2500 backers to 5000 backers or maybe 10000 backers and we think with 10000 backers we can fund two back to back episodes and that would be what we'd want to do, is next summer produce back-to-back episodes of the Never Hike Alone saga, both Never Hike Again, and then the next one, Jason Jason Takes Crystal Lake, which is a short pitch of it is, it's basically Friday the 13th, the final chapter, meets Halloween 2. It's Jason in a hospital, while Tommy and they're all kind of hunkered down in there, and Jason attacks, attacks the town of Crystal Lake and the hospital, Wessex County Massacre, just like oh, he did dude. in Friday the 13th Part 4. It's our, it's the, our probably most expensive episode. It's the body count episode, double digit deaths. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, we're going to need as much support as we can for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, once you get that rolling, of course we will, we'll promo that on our channels for sure. And, um, like I said, Jamie and I will be probably ongoing contributors here for, for the foreseeable future on what you have going on. So this is fantastic. Um, and really looking forward to that. And I actually have some thoughts on halloween 2 they're going to come up in uh some of our discussions on your top three friday 13th films so let's head into those we can go in uh sequence of release date so we'll start with the first one which is friday the 13th part two
3: on a june night in 1980 friday the 13th 12 of her friends were murdered Why should Friday the 13th, 1981 be any different? Friday the
2: 13th, part two. 1981. Yeah, I mean, part two is really a better executed uh, part one. Um, You know, I think that there was a passion there for Steve Miner. Fucking, I love
1: By the way, Steve Miner, he did what, two and three? And then two and three, yeah. he also directed and House two, and Halloween H2O.
2: I love yes. that guy. Love that guy. Yeah, no, he's, um, he definitely like was, is, I mean, really, he is the, he's kind of the father of the modern Jason. I mean, uh, Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller kind of effed off after the first one and left it in Steve Miner's hands to come up with who Jason was going to be. Um, and wasn't he and a production funny,
1: assistant on the first film?
2: Really young? Yeah, he was kind of... Uh, I think the way it goes is that he was Sean's right-hand man. Like, he was a PA, but he was one of those PAs that did everything, you know what I mean, that had yeah. that had a lot of spunk that could do it. And I think it was that type of time where, like, they literally handed productions over to those people. Like, Mancuso, uh, the Mancusos, like, were running the productions, you know, for Paramount. Um, they were pretty cheap. This, you know, this was a young filmmaker. They weren't really trying to, like, reinvent the wheel here. They were making the same movie. But there was a little bit more... Um, you know, a little bit more money into it, better lighting, better setups. Um, Ginny's just like, she's just so strong. And oh, you know, you have that one that of my good. favorite Final Girls, and yeah, yeah. she's my Even favorite, before, she's, let alone, yeah, in the this oh, yeah. franchise. Yeah, I would, I would say that. I mean, I, I, my heart still beats, still beats for Amy Steele. Um, she, yeah, like I April love Ginny. Fool's Day. I do like April Fool's yeah. Day. I just, I mean, yeah, she, Amy Steele was such a great actress, she was so sweet. Um, and, you know, you always wanted to root for her. And, you know, she really does a great job carrying that film. There's just something about the setting of that film The back at camp, it feels a lot like the first movie. Um, you're getting a lot of the things where you don't see the killer on screen. Um, and it, it kind of does what the first movie doesn't. It sets up its killer at the beginning of the movie, establishes who it could be. And then, um, and then actually, that killer shows up at the end, which is they don't do in the first movie, which is they never establish who Mrs. Voorhees is until the last frame, where they're like, "Oh yeah, well it was right. me." Just you know. So you it's know. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's lots of like, there's lots of empty moments in the first movie, um, like when she's making tea. Like that scene takes way too long, and all it was was padding running time. You know, part two doesn't yeah. pad any running time. Everything that happens in that movie really kind of like it moves the movie along, like a character's doing something for a reason. And we're like, you know, it, it it's just more effective in what it does. And even though like, it doesn't have the Tom Savini effects, I feel like a lot of the kills, the cinematography, it's just better set up. Um, I, I, than that. I, I so,
1: agree. I think I like this one, you know, better than the original. Um yeah. I, I kind of view the first four films as, as one almost. So when I, if someone were to ask me for my top three, they would they would definitely be in those first four. Um, yeah, I just don't know what order it would depend on the day that you ask me. I feel like the most famous scene from the franchise is that campfire scene. Um, mm. And that's that is bred from this one, too. And I just oh. I, I, I love that scene. I love that dude. Uh, that, the red, the redheaded dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ned. Is, it, is, it, is that Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Nettie, yeah. Neddy. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 I love and Neddy, he's, uh, that, he's fucking, that
1: I know I talk about the X Files all the time, but he's in that episode of X Files, uh, Clyde Bruckman's final repose, which is one of my favorites, and he's That's so funny. good in that too. And I love, I love that guy. He's such a like goony dude that just is
0: we rattled that right off this time. Last time we did the Friday Thirteenth yeah. episode, it took
2: like seven minutes.
0: All right, well I Where'd got it go? in my head. You got it now.
2: Yeah. No, it's um, you know, you brought up a good point about Paul's like that that campfire scene is one of the best campfire tales in a horror movie ever. And that's why when I look at 2009, when you look at the campfire tale from 2009 and you compare it to the campfire tale of, of, you know, part two, they just pales in comparison. Oh, it's and not it's even. So good at, that Oh nine was one close. of the worst
0: campfire retells.
2: Yeah. It's I, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's an important moment in a crystal movie. geyser and yeah, yeah, crystal geyser. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's that side of it, and you know, part two it just really, you know, I, even though it's got Baghead Jason in it, it's not my favorite looking Jason. Which is actually a lot of it's Steve Dash, by the way, and a lot of it is yeah. uh, the makeup assistant, the, the the visual effects makeup assistant does a lot of work. And then even the first time you see Jason on camera is played by a woman, um, just wearing the overalls and the boots, right. stepping through the puddle. That's that's actually played by a female. Morning, I don't so know that's if the big was
0: at the end there, coming through the window
2: pretty good but really what carries part two is that it's just it's a well-executed film between part three and part two to both steve minor films i would say steve's head in the game was more in and on two and in part three it was kind of lost in the technology and yeah, part thing. three is a little bit more goofy it's a little bit more brightly lit um and chris's backstory is confusing um but yeah, and it seems opening, like there was the some to intervention,
1: too, from um, from from the actress that played that character, the character of Chris, I think, because they wanted to do like a, a, almost like a sexual assault thing, I think, uh, isn't that what they addressed in Crystal Lake Memories? It yeah, and that's like-
2: kind of like a, yeah, and that's kind of a, I don't see Jason as a sexual assault you
1: know no i agree with her pushing back on that like uh no this isn't gonna work for me because that doesn't work for me as a viewer because i feel like there's no car like the carnal instinct is just the the... yeah
2: he's not here to diddle little kids yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah, he's here to kill people you know and and i think steve steve minors uh credited for saying like richard Burkard said what did you want what do you want me to do as jason what do you want me to think he goes i don't want you to think i just want you to kill
1: so i did want to just make two more comments on part 2 before we head to your next one but i i love the scene in part 2 where um they're cook where <laughs> they're cooking the hot dogs where yeah. the dog is is missing and they can't find uh they can't find the dog and it just instantly cuts to them making hot dogs like that is such an i'd say <laughs> probably 70% of the movie the the people watching the film aren't that aren't paying attention miss that and it's one of those just like good, clean, well-written, clever little, you know, inserts that I just, I that's part of what these movies are all about for me. Like, just things like that. And I, I I just, I love that scene.
2: No, yeah, that, that's a, it's a very clever cut. And it's very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny.
1: We can jump to the next film in a second here, but let's uh cover everyone's favorite kill from this movie. Jamie, what's yours? We're on part two. Part two.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but it's our buddy going down the steps.
1: Yeah. In the wheelchair. Yep. I mean, you hate to say it, but that,
2: I mean, that's, that's the best kill.
1: Yeah. I think it might that's be my, my
2: favorite kill in the entire franchise.
1: Yeah. All right. So we, we have a unanimous.
2: <laughs> that was pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, it really is.
1: All right, let's head to our second one. So in order of importance and in order of release date, where are we heading next? Uh, Vincent.
2: Uh, we're heading to the final chapter.
3: But this is the one you've been screaming for. Friday the thirteenth, the final chapter.
1: Friday thirteenth, part four, the final chapter. The last one. The last one. 1984.
0: <laughs> I love this movie yes. so much.
1: Yeah, so th- yeah. this this is definitely I would say my my favorite Friday thirteenth, personally. Um I love the mask in this one. Uh Joseph Zito, great director, um, and watching his commentary in the direction of the film and his story behind it and him telling the story about how he got brought in. They were like, yeah, this is the last one. Like, uh, the franchise is done. We're going to kill him off. So like make him real dead, you know, Tom Savini coming back, Corey Feldman being in this, like all of it stacked up to, uh, you know, by the time I got around to seeing this film, I'm only 33 years old. Um. I already knew that there were more that, uh, you know, came after it, but um, still, I, I I don't know. I just, I love this one so much. So Vincent, what, what are your thoughts about it? Tell us your, uh, your
2: attraction to this. Yeah. When you, when you go back and you look at like the first five, Friday the 13th, they're all the same formula. And as far as like that formula of the first five, the best execution of the formula is Joe Zito's part four. Um, It's the classic uh, 80s comedy, you know, with your horny teenagers going out into the woods, getting up to hijinks, all of the characters, all of the acting, the entire ensemble cast. You have like star power on screen. You have people who know what they're doing on screen. So you believe in their little stories and you almost forget at some point that you're in a Friday the 13th movie because – Like, you actually feel like you're watching a summer comedy. The comedy's funny, the writing's snappy, and then the Jason is absolutely brutal. Um, And, you know, then you get Ted White, you know, so you had Richard Brooker uh, play him in the last movie. He He does a fantastic job. But then all of a sudden, like, Jason changes, you know what I mean? Like, Jason is no longer kind of that, like stumbly bumbly hillbilly that's (sighs) kind of like you you know he kind of had that like persona to him (laughs) in the first two movies and it wasn't
0: in part three silly yeah
2: yeah no and you know he's got very slothy you know what i mean and so like part two and part three i don't feel like are strong looks for jason i feel like i understand where he's coming from but i feel like again that look really solidified itself in that ted white look um and so ted being that jason very powerful very commanding very brutal in his kills um seemingly unstoppable the long fingernails the darker skin um and just being covered in blood and like the fact that he already survived two movies and he's still going and now he's going after a little kid and you know all these different things that are kind of going on the story weaving through the whole thing even though like the the logistical issues of like making it look like a year had passed almost they, they almost treat it as if a year had passed because the movies had been a year but it was supposed to be one day yeah, um yeah, yeah. which is kind of a tonal thing if you pick up on it it feels like it's been a year uh they treat everything as almost it's been that like Rob Dwyer sounds like he's been on the road hunting for jason for like months you know what i mean it's literally been a day dude <laughs> like you know and so <laughs> like how do you know so much about jason even i uh,
1: i t- i completely agree with the The cast in this one is what I think makes the film for me. Um, I mean, Crispin Glover's character is so goofy in his relationship with with Ted Teddy Bear. Um, Yeah, that goofy dance scene he has. uh, And the uh, yeah, the the character. I think he said what? What's his name? Rob Dwyer. When he's in the car, he's like, "Any uh, kids out here? Any uh, any
0: any,
2: any camping (laughs) thing going on?"
1: Um,
0: also, Jared Padalecki is clearly that
1: guy. Y- yes,
0: yeah. yes, from the remake. Yes, he is clearly that guy. I completely agree.
2: Just more broodier.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> just, more. This was more brooding. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and his uh, hair is a little closer to 2005 when you'd sweep it over your eye. Yeah. Oh, just certainly. Yeah. Cut a little above that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm all about the cast on this. But I do want to. I will, So I mentioned earlier the Halloween 2 reference, the the beginning to this film. So I love the intro, like probably my favorite part to all horror films that I love the way I do are the introductions. Like if if you've got a good intro, I'm locked in because I'll watch movies a thousand and five times and typically I'll I'll watch 40% fall asleep.
0: A thousand (laughs) and four times I'm falling asleep to the intro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this Same. one I feel like has a really great intro. That goofy ass doctor in the beginning, uh Holy Jesus, Access. Christmas Christ, you know, like when he's doing t- <laughs> the thing <laughs> when he's like with the uh, with that nurse. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um but I did I I definitely I sense a uh some form of connectivity. It's much lighter, much funnier, and much more character based uh then um atmosphere based to Halloween too. But the uh connectivity to having the, like the the
0: part when they're down in the hot tub room is that like what you're yeah, thinking of? Yes,
1: exactly. Yep. Um yeah, I feel definitely. Some, yeah, some some semblance of that or um some connectivity I do see that, that yeah. So.
0: But yeah, part four is easily I we're we're huge Corey fans over here. Um so mm. we love the Corey Feldman. Yeah. Uh, I mean
1: oh god The oh, Burbs yeah. is one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time so
0: yes. and just like everything about that his infatuation with the masks and you know like mm-hmm. I don't know I just Tom Savini coming back
1: and yeah alright let's let's get into the last film here yep so Jamie why don't you introduce this one buddy this is 1986 Friday the 13th part 6 there you go <laughs>
2: Between me and Jason. Jason belongs in hell, and I'm gonna see he gets there.
1: Jason lives. Jason Mm -hmm. lives. There he goes again. Just (sighs) do (laughs) it doing his, his voice. Uh, so, yeah. this one was directed by Tom McLaughlin. Um, mm-hmm. This has our buddy Tom Matthews in it, who's been in a couple yeah. of uh, uh, Vincent's films. Um, uh, David Kagan, and I believe Jennifer Cook is in this, uh, who's it? just, I actually I have a heart written around her name on here. Yeah. I feel like I'm <laughs> in ninth grade, but uh, <laughs> she is a,
2: you know, Pretty great in this.
0: I really do think my top three is the exact same as yours, Vincent.
2: That's funny. Yeah, I mean the 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 series usually splits in six and four. Those I think those are the two biggest pizzas. Um two slices of the pie. And then yeah, you usually got three and seven are the outliers. Um a lot of people love the original and love to say that. Uh but um yeah, you know, and then two gets some pretty good play. Um and the rest are all outliers and the rest of it's kinda like wild cards. Like everybody justifies what's on the outskirts. But the top three, I mean, six and six and four usually end up in there. If not, it's two, three, four. You know what I mean? Like, it's either yeah, the original. Yeah. yeah, it depends on what you're getting. But, I, I mean, I, I what's I feel what's like
1: the, I'm new. Like, I, I've been watching this movie for years. And I always coupled this one with five, which I'm not huge on. Um, but in watching it again and again and again over the past, like, two, three
0: like, because I've been pushing you like, dude, I know. dude
1: uh, really? Come on. And this is without a doubt my favorite franchise. But yeah. the reason it's my favorite franchise is because of the first four films. But now right. I feel like it's my favorite franchise because of the first four films and six. So I'm like, I'm I'm team six yeah, like yeah. all the way now. Uh, and in, in rewatching it so many times, there are a couple of things that make this movie I, I love. But I feel like this is the only installment where there's like an almost romantic like will they or won't they sort of dynamic between Tommy's character and the sheriff's daughter, the Jennifer Cook character. And I I feel like that is like you want them like he's the crazy bad boy, like also did a bad thing to start the film. Yeah. Uh, But you're still rooting for him and you feel badly for him, especially coming off the heels of five. And you, you look at this potential relationship and the sheriff is this, the standard, like, authority, like, dad figure. Like, okay, this guy's just a dick. You want his daughter to be happy. You want Tommy to feel comfortable finally in life. And there's this, like, tension between their relationship. So I feel like their relationship carries a, a really cool dynamic through this film, too.
0: Yeah. And she's, I love her because she's witty and, uh, yeah, dude, sarcastic. I agree. And just so good.
1: And she is defiant. Too. Yeah, defiant. Yeah, she's the perfect like teenage. She has dog. a heart around yep. her name on my my book right here,
0: <laughs> as she should. Also, so we my... have badass Alice Cooper song throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, part six is just. I mean, it's it's really the moment where Jason became like the uber pop culture icon. You know, he became yeah, that was like the height than of like the Freddy
0: Krueger days, where like mm-hmm. the slasher was king at the time
2: yeah yeah and it was just really um you know it was one of the first movies that i watched the ending is like it's got to have the best ending in the entire series i mean fighting out on the lake like it's so thematic too i mean to think about and i love the whole line like you know we got to return him to the place we originally died it felt like they committed to something like oh they said he's dead he is an undead thing he keeps coming back from the dead Tommy fights him, buries him in the lake, and, like, just the fact that he was still out there, um, the effects in it are amazing, the production quality, like, we step out of the world of one to five, and we step into, like, the real, like, high-budget kind of Hollywood feel of a movie, and they really got a Hollywood feel out of that movie, some big stunts, um, some and they, big effects. The lake is,
1: is finally, like, a lake, it, it's a it's part of what advances the story too, you know, the end uh, of this film. Oh, yeah. And, and I feel like consistently prior, it was like, okay, the counselors are playing in there or there's a jump scare at the end, or, you know, that's just a thing. But like, it's, it's part of the third act in this, in this film. So I, I, I love that. I also love the fact yeah. that there are kids involved in this one. um You, you finally see counselors that have to navigate through the, you know, as a parent, like I, I watch this now, and I'm like, "Oh Jesus Christ, like if my kid were there, that this is a,
2: a worse nightmare." Yeah, that's like the one. yeah, 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 and you have characters that are trying to mitigate the risk, they change the name of the town, they're taking action against Jason, they're trying to figure something out, um, you know, and you know, at the heart of all of it, you got Tommy, and I think that like one of the things about people really being down on part five is like part five is best enjoyed when you watch four, five, six right in a row. And you don't pay attention to the silliness in five, but you pay attention to what happens through Tommy and what that means about Tommy's character at the beginning of part six, which really has it pay off. Yeah.
1: So all of the, I completely all that you struggle with, with that. Through, if you watch three, four, five, you're going to be pissed. If you watch yeah, four, five, six, or five, six, seven, yeah, I, I completely agree. Before before we we wrap, I have to talk real quick about the court court. Uh, and his character and the scene <laughs> on, on the Winnebago or the you know the mobile <laughs> home that whole scene that whole sequence is hilarious. It's so like over dramatized and it really again the reason we like <laughs> these movies so much is because we we connect with or like the uh, you know the counselors or or the the crew um, involved in it that's trying to survive the experience and his. <laughs> His his whole sequence is hilarious, being on there and the the woman he's with when she's just like you're the best, the best. <laughs> just yes. it's so funny and it's so over the top and and both those death just scenes playing are, with her hair the whole time. Yeah. And, yeah, and and the power goes out and watching uh, Crystal Lake Memories, the the history about like the uh there the everyone was pissed with the the director. And so they put his favorite, like cooler on top of that. Uh, oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. They put his cooler on top of the, when they uh, crash the, RV the trailer and, yeah. before or the RV before they, they, they crash it. You can see it flying off. I just, that whole dynamic, that whole thing. I, I love uh,
2: the history to it. So. Yeah, the, the revenge story is really funny to, to hear, to listen to that story. I was, now I look for it and you're always like, there it goes. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I do the same I thing. I do the
1: same thing. And every time I see it, like I'm i like
0: telling my wife, like, there's the cooler. And she's like, fuck off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: care. I got cooler.
3: <laughs> Nerd. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man, I think if nothing else, you have revolutionized fan films. And. Um, I think that people now, when they want to make a film, they're going to see like what it could be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that like what you've done is, John. I don't know how many fan films you've watched.
1: No, I honestly, the only thing that has inspired me to watch more fan films has been Never Hike Alone. Yeah, and this isn't a criticism to the other things I've watched, but nothing has lived up to to that. And the sequel lives up to the original. So, like, I, for sure, I do. I think you've you've pioneered a movement that's going to continue yeah, to grow. Yeah, I and... honestly
0: I do think that because I, I I can't stress this enough. I've watched fan films and I've always just been you know it is what it is. Into it, but like yeah, it is yeah. And like when I watched Never Hike Alone, I was like, fucking blown away. Like, wait, wait a second. This isn't a fan film. <laughs> yeah, this is like an actual <laughs> fucking like movie. Yeah. So, dude, just. Congratulations for all you've achieved and all you've done and And more to honored, come. Yeah. We're right. actually honored that you've, you know, come to talk to us and we look forward to what you're gonna do in the future and where things are gonna go.
2: Oh, well, I appreciate that guys. And you know, it's it's you know, and like I said, like I never really got to the intention to do anything crazy like this. But, you know, it's just it's given me I just look very grateful for the opportunities that it's given me, the people that I've got to meet, the conversations I've been able to have, and it's just I felt like this movie helped me find the people that I really needed to be in contact with in the world. You know what I mean? Like we're all big horror fans. We all love talking about this stuff. And, you know, my, I'm sure my family is much happy that I've found people to talk about this stuff with than to bother them about it. (laughs) So, um, so no, I thank you for for inviting me on and allowing me to, you know, tell my story and and talk about Friday the 13th with, you know, everything I got, because, you know, I'm sure you've been in conversations where you started, like, like you just said, like, you know, look, here's the cooler. And someone goes, ah, gives a shit. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Great. Like, yeah, the cooler. <laughs> you people... told me
1: about that last year when we watched this. Yeah. yeah. No, you that's... know, it's,
2: it's other people who get excited and stuff like that. Um, and that's, that's why I do this. And, like, to know that you guys got excited, it, it's, like, that's what I wanted for people. I wanted them to have that, like, excitement about Friday the 13th again. So if this is how we're doing it, this is how we're doing it. It's a lot of hard work. I'm doing my best, (laughs) and I'm going to try to keep making stuff and surprising people and coming up with things you've never seen before. But um, as long as we keep getting supported, um, you know, the one thing I can promise you is that Friday the 13th is in good hands. I'm going to treat it well. I'm going to follow as many rules as I can, and anytime I see something for the fans that's going to make it better for them, I'm going to take the risk, and I'm going to do it for you. So um, until they come after me, like, I'm just going to keep doing it.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, man. Have a great uh, Friday the 13th here in November, and we'll see you next time, buddy.
2: Happy Friday the 13th.